Welcome to the Tradfest podcast, brought to you by the Temple Bar Company. Very welcome to the Tradfest podcast, and I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast this week Thomas McCarthy, who will be performing at Tradfest on Wednesday, the 26th of January. Thomas will be playing in the Castle Hall as part of the Tradfest season there. Thomas, you're in London at the moment. You're welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be a part of it. It's, That's it's brilliant. brilliant. I'm delighted to make your acquaintance. Actually, the TG Cahar Gratham Keol Awards, mm-hmm. you, you shot the prominence here, certainly, uh, with that uh, in 2019. Were you ever expecting to get that award? No, to be honest, I, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, but it was, uh, I think it was great for the whole travelling community as a whole. I did inquire with the I met one of the judges and I I asked the lady out straight, I said, I hope I didn't get this just because I'm a traveller, you know. And she said to me, no, you didn't. She said to me, no, you didn't. You got it for the quality of your voice. And uh, and uh, they explained at the Gradham on the night, you know, what they thought. So it was a great achievement for my own family, the older generation, my mother, my uncles, my aunts and my grandfather. My grandfather and his three brothers, they wrote numerous songs. Uh, and my even my mother's cousins wrote songs. I have all them songs. You know, so no, you're 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 a member of the travelling community. So would you just explain you spoke about your grandfather and his brothers and that where did they come from and where where did they get their inspiration for writing songs? They were originally they came from uh, just outside of Carrigan Shore on the, on the Valley Richard Road is where they came from. But they moved up to Offaly, going way back. And they, they covered all topics in their songs. They even have, uh, you know, like the Hurland songs. They uh, write about playing games against different counties. And they name all the hurlers and the footballers, you know, of the time. They covered... Historical, they were young men when the country was formed. So uh, they were very active in promoting everything that was Irish. So very much social historians. Oh, yes. They're going to make the documentary. They're making a documentary on, on me, but I focus it on the older generation because I... It's not belong to me. It's but it, it, they just passed it on, you know, their own songs and, and the collected songs from all around the country. Uh, because pe- if you look at Bor, uh, where it is, it is the middle of the country. So people coming from all different sides, if they were say going from Galway, Clare, over to Dublin, they might stop in with my grandfather. My grandfather was well known for keeping fireside sessions. In the house, there's a man that lived across the road from my grandfather all his life, and he told me lots of stories. So I actually got him in on the documentary as well. And he and actually what was your grandfather's me, name? Oh, Johnny McCarthy was his name. So I take it that was from your father's side, was it? Actually, it's my mother's side. Yeah, my mother. The side. reason I'm asking you that is because you, uh, you would certainly have looked to your mother uh, for not just the songs but her singing as well. Oh, yes. She was the best out of us all. There's no doubt about that. The quality of her voice. They'd all tell you that. Even even her cousins would tell you. 
she knew all different types of music. When she was a young girl, they had people out in, in West Virginia. And to, there was a, they had a cousin called the Yank, an older cousin. He used to come <laughs> over and he, he gave me mother the love of country music. And my grandfather, I've stated this several times, my grandfather was the first man in the town of Burke to get a radio. So my mother, there's a great story about when they brought the radio in and went to play it, that he, he noticed that the house went dead quiet when they turned the radio on. And he turned to them all and said to them, take that machine out of here. That's a conversation killer. Every conversation, they were highly skilled, not just singing and singing and telling stories, but they were highly skilled in the art of conversation. <laughs> you know, I think of them all the time. And, you know, we were so, we were blessed to have them. In. They taught loads of people, lots of stuff, uh, even even down to hunting. Nobody ever hunted in Burr before uh, the McCarthy's. It was only the rich people in Burr. But travellers, they knew how to live off the land. So when, when our lads moved into the town, uh, they taught the local people, you know, they taught all the local people how to hunt, hunt rabbits and deer and stuff, and how to fish. Because these activities, especially around Burr, were just for the rich, you know. Uh, uh, and so they were knowledgeable men. They knew everything. Like there's a there's a song that I recorded, a song called McGrath from My Asta Shore. And nobody, it, My Asta is is in the county Clare, and uh, nobody in the county Clare knew the year of the song. And my grandfather had that song. So when I I was I couldn't believe it when a friend on social media from the County Clare put up the words of the song. So I said to him, well, my grandfather sang that song. He said to me, God, he said, we have the words of it, he said, but we haven't got the air. So he introduced me to this man and the man turned out to be the grandson of the man that my grandfather sang about in the song, McGrath. It was about an eviction, Balfour. Back in the, around the famine times, Balfour was a notorious uh, landlord and a, a politician, I think, over here in, in England. He was a wicked man. And they evicted McGrath from Ayastashore, from his cottage. And McGrath fought them. He fought the, the, the police. And the local people made up a song. But that was forgotten. And I was able to give that song to McGrath's grandson that lives in Ennis. He's a piper, Frank Wienan. So you see, the travellers held on to songs yeah. a lot longer. You see, because you have to remember, we were a lot, we were way behind the rest of society. Our, uh, say, the, the, the generations gone before. It's like, the, I may, I'll explain to you another way. When we used to go out, buying and selling stuff, hawking around the country, go around everywhere, every county. And I would go into country houses when I was a young fella, and you'd meet an old man and woman, an old brother and a sister. And 
I, I remember this story in particular. I was only a young fella, but it always stuck with me. Uh, the, the old woman, we went into the house and we were either buying or selling stuff. And I got chatting to the old lady. So my uncle was talking to the old man, her brother. So I made the statement. I said, oh, when you go into town. And she looked at me odd and she said to me, I don't go into town. I said, oh, you don't? She said, no. She said, what would I want in town? She said, sure, he goes into the town if he wants tobacco or, you know, other little things. So, but you see, then she pointed, do you, see, do you see that land around there? And I said, yes, she said, that's the furthest I ever was in my life. So people's words were very small. Do you understand? Yes. Uh, uh, people out in the country, and they would <clears throat> welcome travellers for the news. That was the most mm. essential thing that travellers brought around for God knows how long. Well, if you look at the, the manuscripts of Ireland, uh, mentioning about the, 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 the tinkers, you know, mm -hmm. which our ancestors were, a lot of people, People that live in the houses sometimes, they use tinker as a derogatory word. I don't. I embrace that word. That word is what my grandf my my grandfathers used to transmit. My grandfather, one grandfather and his brothers. And it was just another way for the, mainly they were horse dealers now. But they, they would go down into Galway and clear and buy horses all around. Every type of animal. They kept all animals, and uh, but they knew how to tinsmith as well, you know. But that, to me, I embraced that word. The tinker was a metal worker, it was a trade how they went around the country until the introduction of plastic, and that's when the tin smitten all died out with the introduction of plastic. I mean, look what plastic did to the world, <laughs> you know, it's crazy, but that's what they did. So they were, I don't look at it as a derogatory word. I embrace mm. that word. Mm. Now, you're going to be performing at Trotfest on Wednesday, the 26th of January in the Castle yeah. Hall. I presume you'll you'll be telling some of these stories and singing some of those songs uh, of your tradition. There's one, actually, that I just, when we were preparing for this. Uh, we mentioned a couple of songs, and you, uh, you mentioned a song called Doting Old Man. What's that yeah. about? The Dorton Old Man, it is a, it isn't those group of songs where a young woman would have to marry an old man, mainly an old farmer, you hear, you hear when you hear these old songs. Because usually the people who owned it, who, who had the daughter, they'd be poor. And the songs always tend to be funny, but in reality they're not. So... It is a song that my mother would do, the Dorton old man, about a young woman that marries this old man and she's miserable, like like they all are, you know. Do you think you'll yeah. give us a verse of it? I will do. Excellent. Your maiden so pretty in the country and city, I pray you'll come pity a languish in mid. Would is vexed? And sorely perplexed all by an old husband, I wish he was dead. 
He's frantic, he's crazy, then sleepy and lazy, and all the night over he cops and he'll call. And if in my errands I chanced in fault him, he says, my dear Jenny, lie close to the wall. The very first night he came to bed to me, this old man and me, we could never agree. For to my vexation, my sad grief, my sorrow, no comfort was for me, but sad misery. Instead of sweet kisses, which would crown my wishes, if I clasp my arms round him, he begins for to ball. He says, my dear Jenny, you are very funny. I beg you lie over quite close to the wall. This doting old creature, he's a remnant of nature. His sins are as sharp as the edge of a knife. His bones are more cold than the snow on the mountains. He stands more in need of a nurse than a wife. His nose and his chin, they are meeting together. His ways to could span, oh, his person is small. And I, a young maid, must lie there beside him, lamenting my hardships quite close to the wall. Now, there's more of it, but it goes on. <laughs> you know, it's a funny he, didn't, he didn't seem to have a lot going for him. No, he didn't. Only the money. <laughs> that was always the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a great time. It was a song my mother would do, you know. That's what I was going to ask you, because your mother was really important in the whole, the, the collection and sort of minding, uh, curating even of the tradition and your tradition. So she was a very important person uh, generally, but she was very important to you personally as well. Well, she was. She was the main person that taught me the most of it, you know. Even though I learned songs and stories off my grandfather and my aunts and uncles, but sure, I had it on tap with my mother all my life, you know. Mm. And she was the main singer out of them. When my mother was five years of age, my grandfather would call her down to the pub and he would get her to sing a song. It's a wonderful song, uh, a song called uh, Mokushla. And everybody thinks that it's the, the John McCormick uh, song. It's not at all. This is a traditional song. It's the most saddest song. I think it's, for me, my own personal opinion, it's on par with a store McCree. Oh, it's a sad song. I'll do that at the festival. Did you record that song? I did, I did actually record that, yeah. Unfortunately, all I have is four songs of my mother. They all kind of just got fizzled out and lost and took. They got took, you know, not just fizzled out. They always got took. Travellers always <laughs> take tapes, you know. My mother passed away, can't be going to her in 2010. My mother was a fabulous singer, small little woman but she could reach big high notes. And my grandmother apparently was the same. Uh, my grandmother's people were great singers too. And they still are today, the Delaney's uh, from Kilkenny. They were great singers, great singers. I know your, your yeah. second album was called Herself and Himself. 
And did your mother sing on that album? I think I put a, a yes, I put a record one of the one of the four recordings I have. Now my mother got emphysemia. Oh, so by the time I started going to folk clubs over in England, my, my mother's voice was gone. And in the end, my mother could only whisper. I took my mother, I was invited to the Golin Club in Dublin, up in the Teachers Club, to do a singing session. And my mother was very ill. She was on uh, the gas tanks, everything. So, but she got life in her hand. She said, I want to come. So I said, of course, you can come. And it turned out to be on the day of her birthday, on her 77th birthday. And with the gas tanks in and everything, fair play to Jerry O'Reilly and the Golden Club, the singing club. He booked me, said, oh, well, bring your mother. We'd be delighted to have her and booked a hotel for her and everything. Great man. And she actually got up and sang a couple of songs. Now, and there's I, another song associated with you, Lord Love It. What's that about? That's an old, an old English song, I think. I'm not sure if it's English or Scottish. My, my grandfather, now, he wouldn't sing that. It was my mother. I come from my mother. My grandfather wouldn't sing English songs. If he knew that they were English, he wouldn't sing them. As I said to you earlier, they were, him and his brothers were into promoting. The country, as I said, was newly formed, and they were young men. So they were into promoting everything Irish, uh, even the songs. You know, as I said, writing their own songs. They were great songwriters. So your grandfather wouldn't sing Lord Love It. Your mother did. You'd sing it as well. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great, great song with a great, a, a great air to it. Now I've heard other versions of it, but I prefer my mother's version. To the you give us the verse of it. I will. I give you the first verse of it. <laughs> Excellent, Thomas. Lord Love It was by his stable door. A mountain his milk white steed, Lady Annie his love was by his side, far to bid him his last Godspeed. Lady Annie his love was by his side, far to bid him his last Godspeed. Where are you going, Lord Lubbock, says she, oh, where are you going from me? To seek adventures across the seas, strange countries I'd like to see. To seek adventures across the seas, strange countries I'd like to see. How long will you be, Lord Lovett, says she? How long will you be from me? Not one or two, but three years, love. I will be away from thee. Not one or two, but three years old. I will be away from thee. And it goes on. Mm-hmm. It is a sad song. Like a lot of songs, you know, to, 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 it, it is a sad song. But it is a great it's song. An, it's an honour to be in your company, I have to say, Thomas McCarthy, and to be listening to you singing like that and telling us the stories behind it. But I, I, do you feel do you feel a pressure like to be the custodian of the the tradition of the traveller? Do you feel that pressure that you have to? Because I know that you your last uh, album was a collaboration with the Cornish uh, Romany traveller Viv Leg, so they were making a connection there. So do you feel that you need to be you know solid in your support for all those traditions? 
I do, because our traditions are being wiped out. Uh, I mean, in Ireland, it's awful. It really is awful. You know, it would take a month to tell you. Now, in the County Clare, six out of ten sites have no toilets or no running water. Can you believe that in this day and age, in Ireland, in 2022, that people are living like that? And the rats, the rats sleep on top of you. Do you know, in a lot of the places, mm. the children won't go. There's a site in Cork where the children won't go to the toilets. There's that many rats. So, and I mean, it's just awful in this day and age when you consider we're Irish people the same as the rest. You know, I just think it's wrong. It's wrong how politicians have been allowed to get away with it for so long. And realistically, the way how travellers have been dealt with by society, by the political system, is that when, if if a man hears that some, someone from authority is coming, they'll run, they'll fly. Do you know? And that's the mm. way it is, realistically, uh, because of the way how travellers were dealt with. Well, you're going to champion yourself for the travelling people and indeed for the travellers' traditions. Uh, we know that you do it through song because that's something that came down through your family, your grandparents, your parents, but also the language, cant or the gammon. Yeah. It's a traveller's language, isn't it? It is. It is an ancient lexicon. In 2000, I think it was 2007, uh, the author, Maeve Binchy, she has a sister called Alice Binchy, who is a professor. She was on a documentary with, with uh, Cindy Joyce and John Connors talking. To, they did a documentary on, on, the, on travellers, on the, the DNA of travellers. That lady, Alice Binchy, in Limerick University, I think there was something like 200 scholars, uh, anthropologists, linguists, and historians, all gathered and come to the conclusion that our language is an ancient lexicon. So there's a lot that they're finding out. Remember, our history was written by monks. You know, a lot of it was written by monks So, who didn't get it uh, historically correct all the time. Sure, they, they wrote kings' names into, into the manuscripts, kings that never even existed. Do you know what I mean? So you have to take what they wrote, not everything, but some of the stuff they wrote with a pinch of salt. Right. I, I take your word for it. I, I never read much of their stuff, like, you know. Uh, but the language of, or the lexicon of Kant, or the gammon, um, is that is it guarded by the travelling community, or is it, it something is, the rest of us should understand? It is. It is. It is seen as a secret language. And the mm. way that I see it, there are people today who want, who want to put it into books and stuff. I wouldn't. I think until we're accepted 100% by society, then people should learn it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's a language of the island. There's no doubt about it. 
You see, travellers were a mixed bunch as well, obviously, like Irish people. All Irish people were a mixed bunch, you know. Some some would have come from settled the Gaelic, including my own family, would have come from uh, the Gaelic families, put off the land. Others, like the, the travelling man, Michael Collins, that's been on television in Glen Rowe, and uh, he's well known. He did a documentary as well, and he had his own DNA done. And the man explained to him in simple terms, you know, he said to him, look, he said, uh, Celtic people are farmers. And he said, yes. He said, well, your people were hunter-gatherers with the first families, you know, maybe on the island, you know. So it shows you that you have old DNA going way back, which I think the travellers, as I mentioned earlier about the metal workers, because they're mentioned, while the Irish was the third nation in Europe to write from the fourth century onwards. And if you look not long after, you'll see the mention of the, 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 the metal workers and the tinkers and all. And people everywhere, now, not this not our generation, and not even our, some of our mother's generation, but a generation definitely before, travellers were welcomed in all country households. It was seen, if you go back even from the time of the famine, it was seen as unlucky to refuse anybody. All Irish people had this way. That it was well known that travellers were well welcomed everywhere. In, I was talking to a man called Mick Quinn, and some people will tell you that Mick Quinn was the best storyteller in Ireland. And that man, we were doing a festival over here in London. And he said to me, sit down there. He said, I want to tell you something. So I sat down with him. He said to me, I learned a lot of my stories and uh, we had great times with the traveling people. I said, did you? He said, yes, when I was young. He said, I'll tell you a story. He said, when we knew that travelers were in the wagons, he said, in the village, he said, sometimes you could see them coming. He said, but when we knew, he said, we'd always got, knew they were coming, he said. All the men in our village, he said, my father included, he said, would go out and whitewash the cottages in honour of the travellers coming. He said, and when they came through the village, he said, my father and the men of the village would stand out at the entrance and they'd tell them, pull in your wagon in around the back here. And the man told me, he said, we would have travellers there, he said, for a week. He said, and we'd swap families so that we got different stories and different songs. And he said, we, we did, it was just intermingling all through the village for a week. He said, and when the travellers were due to go, the night before, he said, my father would get me and the young fellas to sneak out and go down, go down and take the horses a mile down the road and put them into a field. And when the travellers would get up in the morning, they'd say, ah, oh, the horses must have broke out. I don't want to stay under there, too. <laughs> but that's how the relationship that was held by mostly... The only people who refused travellers were the English people in the big houses. Do you understand? Going back I in do. the day. 
they were the only people and even then the travelers were a necessity even in the big houses because they go and fix the buckets and the pails you know and, and to, 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 to do stuff around horseshoeing and stuff well, can I tell you, it's a it's it's an education listening to you, not even chatting to you, but listening to you, and your knowledge of the history and honour that you give your own tradition. I think that's wonderful to hear, and we look forward to hearing a lot more of it on the twenty sixth of January at Tradfest when you come over, uh, and you perform in the Castle Hall, uh, Thomas. Now there was one more song I was going to ask you to give us a verse of it before we finish, and perhaps you will. It's a song yeah. called Down That Road. What's the song yes. about? And will you give us a verse? That's my grandfather's song. Nice. My grandfather wrote that when my mother and my aunts, her, her four sisters, they all went to London to work. Because times was hard for everybody at the time. So how many Irish people left? Well, I had one auntie that left in the early 40s. She went to England. My mother was a little girl when she went over and helped her. My auntie and my mother, as a little girl, went over and had to make bullets. There was a tea house called Lion's Tea House on the edge of a road in London. And uh, my mother said she was a little girl and she had to go over and make bullets for the war. So my mother went, obviously, went back home when she was young. She was only there a short while. And then she went back over, but all went over, and my grandfather missed him, like you would do. And uh, he wrote that song down that road. I'd love to get a verse or two of that from you, Thomas, yeah. and to say thanks a million for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting as much of it as you'd like to sing, Thomas. All right, so I'll give it, I'll give it all of Brilliant. Oh, down the road we will go, of long. Long ago, oh, sweet Molly, you and I, down by the fireside, we'll sit and we'll reminisce, we'll talk of the days long gone by. God be with the old ones, for they're all dead and gone. Lonesome here am I, when I think of the days that we sported and played. To my weekly rush, for Spanchel Hill. All the long we would deal and gilly we'd sing. A spit on our hand, twas our bond. God be with the moldies, will I e'er see them all? Oh, down. Them roads I will go once again. Oh, the young ones are all gone across the ocean. But my homeland 
I cannot leave for every road that I go as I travel along. For a traveling man am I. Every valley, every glen, every dill I know as well. For the highway, it is my home. For down the road, I will go of long, long ago. For a traveling man am I. Oh, Molly, my dear, I will see them once again oh before my days are over for down the road i will go a long long ago for a traveling man am i no Thank you for listening to the Tradfest podcast. For more information on Tradfest, go to tradfest.ie. Tradfest is brought to you by the Temple Bar Company.